Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Not too long ago, our youth ministry went through a sermon series on Wednesday nights uh, through uh, Psalm 23. It was on Psalm 23. It was our whole sermon series was on that. And uh, so about two months ago, I felt like the Lord just began to stir this message in my heart and uh, really just felt like it was a relevant message for uh, not just our church, but for the capital C church around the world. Uh, felt like it was a relevant message for the season and the time and the culture that we're living in uh, as a world, as church, as believers, as Christians. And so um, I want to talk to you today um, on the subject, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. So if you're taking notes today, because we believe that note takers are history makers, that's right. Uh, you'll want to break out your, your notepad or your, if you take notes on your phone, however you like to take notes, I encourage you to do that. If you have your iPhone or your Android or you have your actual Bible, pat yourself on the back. You are a saint of God. Would you just hold up your Bible or your Android or your iPhone? Come on, hold it up in the air. Wave it like you actually do care, okay? And if you don't have the Version Bible app, I usually tell the students jokingly, slap yourself because you should download it because it is the Bible. The Bible is our guidebook for living, and so it's very important. Uh, turn with me to Psalm chapter 23, and uh, I'll begin reading in verse 1. But Turn with me to Psalm chapter 23. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Look to the person to the other side of you and say, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. If you got it, say amen. A few people got it. Psalm chapter 23, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now before I get into this passage, I know that many of us, or most of us probably in this room, uh, you're probably familiar with this passage of scripture. It's the typical Christian uh, passage. You see it on wall decor in stores. You see it just about everywhere, right? So you're probably familiar with that. But if you don't know it, uh, Psalm 23, starting verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm going to read that verse again. I like that verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence, in the presence, in the presence, in the presence. It doesn't say in the presence of God. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to open up the word of God. Lord, we believe that your word is not just some book on a shelf, but God, it is the inspired, God-breathed word of God. 
Lord, it is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword for the cutting down of strongholds. And God, I pray today that you would anoint my mind and anoint my mouth. Lord, as I speak the word that God has put into my heart and in my spirit, I pray for every ear and for every heart, that every ear would be open, every heart would be receptive to receive the word of God into our lives today. And God, that you would move by your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Notice that in verse 5, the scene changes from a loving, caring shepherd to a gracious host at a banquet. How many knows that the Lord is a good shepherd? How many knows that the Lord is your good shepherd? He guides you according to the right path for your life. He guides you according to his purpose and according to his will because he's a good God and he is a good shepherd. But it's very interesting and powerful to note for us today that all of a sudden we see the heart and the character and the guidance of the good shepherd from verses 1 through 4. But then all of a sudden in verse 5, the scene changes from a loving, caring shepherd to a gracious host at a banquet. And what I want you to understand today is that verse 5 shows us that God is not just a shepherd. He's not just a shepherd who loves and cares and protects, but He is a God who provides everything we need in every season and in every situation. And we are not just sheep. We are not just random people who are lollygagging around in this journey called life. And we don't just happen to be loved by God, but we who by nature were once enemies of the cross are now considered friends of God. The Lord invites you today to a table for two with Him as the host and you as the guest of honor in the presence of your enemies. Let me explain something this morning about this table. All, everybody say all. All. Look at your neighbor and say all. All. Not just some, all. All are welcome at the table of salvation. But the table in Psalm 23.5 is a table of fellowship that is meant for only you and the Good Shepherd. It is exclusive in the sense that everybody who is led by the Good Shepherd is invited to dine at this table with God. And what you need to understand and get into your heart and into your mind and into your spirit is that the enemy is not welcome at this table. The enemy is not welcome at this table. If you are following Christ today, God has prepared such a table for you. So let's let's, let's bring some clarity. I know some of this message today is going to be really basic, but we need to bring some clarity, especially in this season that we're walking through, the culture that we're living in. We're living in such a time and in a culture that wrong is right and right is wrong, and we're living in a culture where it's so easy to become offended. And so let's bring some clarity here about who is our enemy. I just want you to think about that question. I'm not asking you to answer it, but just think about that question for a moment. Who is our enemy? Because he says he prepares a table before us in the presence of my enemies. Who is my enemy? 
Well, according to Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So if you didn't already know today, let me remind you. The enemy is not the person in front of you. And the enemy is not the person sitting to the left or to the right of you. The enemy is not your boss. The enemy is not your coworker. Students, the enemy is not your teacher or your coach, although sometimes it may seem like it or it may feel like it. We are not fighting flesh and blood enemies. We're fighting principalities and powers and spiritual forces of darkness. So let's talk about what's on the table now that we've brought some clarity to who is our enemy. We all understand that today, right? That the enemy is not the person sitting next to me right now, okay? I might be mad at them. I might be mad at my spouse. I might be frustrated with them, but they are not my enemy. Is that right? Shake your head. My coworker is not my enemy. My child is not my enemy. God bless them. Sometimes we want to spank them, but they're not my enemy. People are not our enemy. So what's on this table? What is on this table that is that is prepared for us because he says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And what you need to understand today is that what's on this table is everything that you need. Hear me today. What is on the table that God has prepared for you is everything that you need. In every season, in every situation, in every circumstance, even when you may go through seasons and you feel like you're lacking and you don't have enough, you may not have everything that you want, but you will always have everything that you need when you're dining at the table that's been prepared for you by God. And so we see that on the table are all the healthy foods that you love to eat. Good food, bountiful food, more than enough. It is a true feast that satisfies all of your needs. Now, understand this is not an invitation to gluttony. It's not sit down at the table and eat everything at once. That would be terrible, right? It's an invitation to a relationship where everything that you need is provided for you, even in the midst of trials and difficult situations. Does anyone actually like celery? Is there anybody in here that likes celery? Okay, a few people actually. It tastes like water. Like, I'm not sure why you actually like celery. Oh, look, strawberries. Ooh, strawberries and cheesecake. Mm. Where's my napkin? Do I have stuff in my beard? I hope not. Here's what I want you to understand, though. As good as the provision is, because it's wonderful, the provision, everything that's prepared for you on your table, you can't compare it anywhere else. But more importantly today, it's not about what's on the table. It's about who's at the table. Let me say that again. It's not about what is on the table. It's about 
who's at the table. We are invited to sit down at the table with the God of the universe and enjoy a relationship with Him and allow Him to satisfy our every need. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. What a privilege and an opportunity that it's not just about the cheese and the crackers and the cheesecake and the strawberries. It's not about what's on this table. It's about who's at the table. The God of the universe. The King of kings and the Lord of lords who made you and created you to be who you are and created you with a purpose and has a wonderful plan for your life and has an anointing on your life. That God, the only God, the one and only God that we serve and love who is our Savior and our Lord and our King, He's at the table. But the problem, the problem today, church, is that we've come to accept the enemy sitting at our table. So let me just give you a little bit of an illustration here of what happens. Now, this is still my seat over here, okay? So pretend that I'm sitting there, okay? And I'm going to act out what it looks like for the enemy to begin to sit at my table. Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm so thirsty. How's it going? Doing okay? Awesome. Oh, dude, have you tried this? You haven't tried the cheesecake? What is wrong with you? Oh, oh my gosh. That is so good. Wow, dude, you really need to try that. I can't believe you haven't tried the cheesecake. Why are you messing with all this stuff? It's so good. Hey, so listen. You remember Janice, right? Yeah. Janice has been talking about you behind your back. And uh, yeah, she's actually been talking to everybody. She's even been talking to your boss. Oh, dude, you're so good. Yeah, and uh, here's the deal, man. I think you're probably going to get fired. You might as well just quit. Because honestly, like, you're not even good at your job. You're terrible at it. And, and I don't know what it is, but it seems like no one likes you, like, yeah, like no one likes you, like you're not good at your job. You might as well just quit. Matter of fact, you might as well just not even work a job. Like you might as well just quit at everything because you're terrible. Oh, and by the way, if you didn't know it, you're not good enough. And you might as well not think about putting in another resume somewhere else because you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. To be honest, like you weren't even qualified for this job, so... And just like that, the enemy is sitting at your table. But too often, we don't even know it. We don't even recognize the moment when the enemy sat down. Because what happens, church, is the enemy begins to sit down at our table. Get some more of this water. The enemy begins to sit down at our table... And what happens next is, before we know it, he begins to monopolize the conversation. He begins to monopolize every part of everything we're doing. He begins to eat your food on your table, prepared for you by your God. He begins to manipulate your mind. He begins to take over your thoughts. He begins to take over your heart. He begins to take over your spirit. And before you know it, 
He's got you. But the problem today, church, is that though we have this table that's been prepared for us in the presence of our enemies with everything that we need in every season, in every circumstance, no matter where we're at, what we're going through, though we have everything that we could ever possibly need, we have come to accept the enemy sitting at our table. And the problem with that becoming normalized is that before long, we begin to think like the devil, we begin to talk like the devil, and we begin to act like the devil. My question to each of you today, church, is who is sitting at your table that is not welcome? Who's sitting at your table that is not welcome? Now remember, we're not talking about people here. We're not talking about flesh and blood. Who's sitting at your table that's not welcome? God has prepared a table for you and Him to enjoy fellowship. What unwelcome guest is sitting at your table? I want to talk to you today real quick on four enemies that are surrounding your table right now. If you're taking notes, this would be a great place to start. Four enemies that are surrounding your table right now. Number one, fear. Fear is surrounding your table as we speak. And fear comes to paralyze those who are a threat to the enemy. That's what you need to understand today. Fear comes to paralyze anyone who is a threat to the enemy. And fear's goal is to kill your purpose by getting you to believe something that is not even a reality. It is false evidence appearing real. And yet so many times we allow fear to paralyze us. And it's not real. Let me just encourage you today. If you're here and you're battling fear, Stop listening to the enemy's lies. It's not real. Number two, the second enemy that is surrounding your table right now is insecurity. So if you just look up the normal definition of it, it says uncertainty or anxiety about oneself or lack of confidence. Insecurity's goal is to devalue you. When you allow the enemy of insecurity to sit at your table, you trade everything that God has prepared for you for a lie from the enemy. Think about that. You trade everything that God has prepared for you for a lie from the enemy. Number three, the third enemy that is surrounding your table right now. This is a big one. I don't feel like we talk about it a whole lot. Number three is doubt. Did you know that in the Garden of Eden, doubt is how sin came into the world? That's how sin came into the world. It was doubt. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. The serpent says to Eve, the woman, he says, You won't die. 
The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And look at verse 6. What does it say? The woman was convinced. The woman was convinced. She was convinced that what the enemy was telling her was better than what God had to offer. She was doubting God's goodness. Doubt is when the enemy convinces you that something else is better than what God has to offer. Something else is better than God's plan for your life. Doubt wants to convince you that God's plan is flawed, when in reality we as humans are all flawed, and our thoughts and our ways are flawed. But God's ways are much higher. God's thoughts are much higher. God's plan is much higher. Just because you don't always understand why God works the way He does, doesn't mean His plan is flawed. It just means God's strategy is much higher than what our finite minds can even begin to process. Is there anybody in this place today that would stand up and declare, as for me and my house, we're not going to let the enemy have a seat at our table. We're not going to let the enemy convince us otherwise. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to remain steadfast. We're going to stand firm and allow God's word to be the only convincing factor that we need in this life. Because the Bible is my guidebook for living. If God's word says it, I believe it and that settles it. There's no ifs, ands, or doubts. Devil, get out of my house. Devil, get away from my table. Devil, get away from my family. devil get out of my way because I am on assignment and I will not be stopped. I've come to serve notice on the enemy today. In the name of Jesus I declare every convincing spirit out of hell that would try to trick the minds of God's people, let it be broken in this place today. Every demonic spirit that comes to attack our minds, our emotions, to attack our families, to attack this church, I bind the spirit of doubt and confusion that is trying to persuade our young people that sin is not sin and that whatever makes you happy is what God wants for your life. Church, it's time that we get back to the place that God's word is the only convincing evidence that we need. She was convinced otherwise. And that's what the enemy comes to do this morning, church, is to convince you otherwise. And I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of the enemy convincing people otherwise. Because what God's word says is truth. It is God-breathed. It's the Bible that is our guidebook for living. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table today. The fourth enemy that is surrounding your table right now is discouragement. Discouragement is one of the enemy's greatest weapons. Discouragement comes out swinging for your face. It doesn't give you any time to get a breath, to get a drink of water. It just comes out swinging. It's coming for the knockout punch. It is the enemy's attempt to knock you out. Discouragement comes to distract, to defeat, and to destroy. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Understanding this is key to our future. The Bible never says 
the enemy is not present. Think about that. The Bible never says the enemy is not present. It implies that the enemy is not welcome. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. More than ever before, the enemy is prowling around the table of our lives. And for many of us across this room today, he's already been sitting at your table for far too long, but you did not even recognize it. Let me ask you this question today. How many times has the enemy taken a seat at your table without permission? How many times has the enemy taken a seat at your table without your permission? I think if we were all honest today, every hand in the building would go up. Don't give him a seat at your table. Listen to me. In this season, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Whatever's going on in your family right now, whatever's going on in your marriage, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Whatever's going on in your ministry right now, because God has an anointing and a calling that is specific and unique to who you are and who he created you to be, do not give the enemy a seat at your table. First Peter 5, 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking for your table. And he's looking for you. And it's not just one day a week. It's seven days a week, 24-7. He's surrounding your table and he's waiting for the moment. He's waiting for the gap to where he can slide in, sit down, and begin to monopolize the conversation. Stop giving the enemy a seat at your table. Understand this, when you give him a seat, you give him a say. And when you give the enemy a say, you give him a seed. And little by little, he begins to plant seeds of lies and bitterness and unforgiveness, insecurity, doubt. What does it say in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe? Watch out lest any root of bitterness begin to take root in your life. So Pastor Caleb, know that the Bible says God has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I now know who my enemy is. It's not flesh and blood, but fighting against the devil, the enemy of our souls. I know what's on the table. I know who's at the table. How do I know if the enemy is at my table? I'm glad you asked. How do I know if the enemy is at my table? If you're hearing these phrases in your head today, you've given the enemy a seat at your table. Number one, you're not going to make it. There's probably many of you in this room today that you've been struggling. Even in this season, you've been struggling hard. And one of the biggest Lies that has been coming into your mind and into your ears every single day of your life, every time you get up in the morning, is you're not going to make it. Your family's not going to make it. Your marriage is not going to make it. Your ministry's not going to make it. Your church is not going to make it. Your children are not going to make it. Your grandchildren are not going to make it. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. 
you have to begin to learn how to counter what the enemy's lies are and begin to say, no, I am going to make it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And he has created me for such a time as this. And he has a plan and a purpose for my life. I am going to make it because I'm a child of God. Number two, if you're hearing this phrase in your head, you've given the enemy a seat at your table. There's something better at the other table. This is probably a favorite of all of ours, isn't it? There's something better at the other table. Man, this is okay. Like, it's fruit and stuff and crackers and cheesecake. And, ah, it's okay. But, man, they got steak over there. Look, look, look over there. They got steak. They got buttered rolls. Are you kidding me, Lord? And you put me over here with the fruits and vegetables. They got pound cake. It ain't just steak. It's Longhorn Steakhouse steak. It's the buttered rolls with the cheese inside. How many times do we give the enemy a seat at our table? Because we spend all of our time and our energy and our focus and our whole life missing what God has for us because our eyes are sitting over here focused on what's on somebody else's table. Let me just give you some good news today. The grass is not greener on the other side. What God has for you is for you. The anointing of God on your life is the anointing of God on your life. The calling of God on your life is the calling of God for you. And they might have steak and rolls and butter and everything else that looks good, but just because it looks good doesn't mean it's for you. And whatever you have, you need to work it. Because it's for you. And God's given you the anointing and the calling you need to do what you need to do in this season for such a time as this. Stop looking at other people's table. Number three, if you're hearing this phrase in your head, you've given the enemy a seat at your table. You're not good enough. Or, you're a failure. You're not good enough. You're not qualified. You don't have what it takes. You're not good enough to do what, what you're supposed to be doing at your job. You're not good enough to be a parent. You're not good enough to be a mom, to be a dad. You're not good enough to even parent your kids. You might as well pawn your kids off of someone else because you're just not a good parent. You're not good enough. That's the lie the enemy wants you to believe is that you are not good enough. You are a failure. I'm here to tell you today, that's a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You are more than enough in Christ Jesus. You're more than enough. You are God's masterpiece. Did you know that? Did you know that's biblical, that's in the Bible? You are God's masterpiece. You are a work of art. You are more than enough. And through Christ, you have the strength. You have the capability. You have the power. You have the mind to do it. You have the skills. You have everything you need because you're in Christ and God has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So whether they like it or not, you're more than enough. Amen. 
Number four, if you've been hearing this phrase in your head, the enemy is sitting at your table. Everyone is against you. Or for some, you may hear it this way, no one likes you. No one likes you. Everybody's against you. Hey, I don't know if you knew it or not, but everyone hates you. Your coworkers don't like you. Your spouse doesn't like you. Your coaches don't like you. Your teachers don't like you. The people that say that you're friends, they're actually not your friends. Nobody likes you. Everyone is against you. You might as well just give up on life. You might as well just quit. You might as well just find a little hole somewhere and get down in it because everybody is against you. Nobody likes you. That's a lie. God has placed ordained people in your life for such a time as this. He's placed the right relationships. He's placed the right parents in your home. He's placed the right grandparents. He's placed the right people. He's placed the right co-workers. He's placed the right educators, coaches, teachers for such a time as this. And everybody is not against you. That is a lie from the enemy. There may be a few people here and there throughout your life that are only here for, for a time. They're only here for a season. But everyone is not against you. Because God is for you. And if God be for me, who can be against me? <laughs> John 10.10, 10, as we're getting ready to close, worship team can come back. And understand this, this verse here. It's key. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy. But what does the next what does the next line say? My purpose talking about God. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. I'll read that again. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. The thief, the enemy, the devil, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to take everything you've got. But our good shepherd our host, he comes to give us a rich and a satisfying life. To prepare everything that we could possibly need in every situation, in every season, no matter where we're at, no matter what battle that we're walking through, he prepares everything that we need. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. In closing, perhaps some of you today have been asking the question, why is the table in the presence of my enemies? Why? Why would God do that? That doesn't make sense. Why is the table in the presence of my enemies? Why can't it be a table in the presence of God? That seems pretty heavenly. A table with a feast, a spread right there, in the very presence of Almighty God. That sounds pretty amazing, right? That makes more sense, doesn't it? Why does He prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? Here's why. Because God wants to show you that He is bigger than your enemies. He is bigger than fear. He is bigger than discouragement. He is bigger than your problems, than your mistakes. He's bigger than drugs. He's bigger than alcohol. He's bigger than addiction. He's bigger than anxiety. He's bigger than depression. There is nothing in your life 
that can beat God. He's bigger than it. And what He's provided is more than enough. That's why He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies because He wants you to know that He's more than enough. And anything else that's trying to come against you and attack you, He's bigger than all that. He's bigger than the physical problems that are going on in your body right now. For those of you who may be here today say, I need healing in my body. He's bigger than the physical things going on in your body. He's bigger than the fight that's going on in your marriage and in your family. He's bigger than the issues that are going on on your campus. He's bigger than the mental battles that you're having right now in your mind. The emotional battles that you're going through. He's bigger. And He wants to prove to you that He's bigger than those things. That's why the table is in the presence of our enemies. If you'll stand with me today, Here's what I want us to do today. I don't want anybody to hold back today, okay? And a couple weeks ago when Pastor Clint preached, I kind of felt like we broke a barrier down here, okay? And let me just be clear about this because I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again today. This, this place down here that we call the altar, and the truth is you can make an altar at your seat. You can make an altar at the back wall back there. You really could. But there's something powerful and special about the altar area here at the front, okay? But let me make something clear to you today, okay? All eyes up here. This is not a place of shame, okay? This is not a place of shame. This is a place of victory. And so why would we sit back in our seat? Why would we sit back worrying about what so-and-so's thinking when I'm going down? Oh, I wonder what they're thinking when I go down there. I wonder if they think I've got sin in my life. I wonder if they think something's going on in my marriage. I wonder what they're thinking about. Stop, stop, stop. That's the enemy. This is not a place of shame, church. This is a place of victory. We come to the altar. We come to the altar to receive victory. We come to the altar because we need God. That's, that's, not a, that's not new, right? Every single one of us in this house today, I need God. I come to the altar to surrender everything that I have, everything that I am to say, God, I'm not enough on my own. I need more of you. I need more of your strength. I need more of your peace. I need more of your wisdom. And I need God so that the enemy doesn't take a seat at my table. It's a place of victory. And so what I want you to, to do today... My hope and my desire and my prayer is that we would all respond. And not just even as individuals, but as families today. I want us to respond as families today to the Word of God. And maybe if you're in this place today and you say, you know what? I have given the enemy a seat at my table. And maybe you're here and you say, God, for far too long I've given the enemy a seat at my table. I didn't even realize that he was sitting at my table. But I have given the enemy a seat at my table. Guess what? All of us have. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to recognize, to acknowledge, and ask God to help you.
So if you're here today and you've given the enemy a seat at your table and you're tired of the enemy monopolizing every area of your life, you're tired of the enemy monopolizing your relationships, you're tired of the enemy monopolizing your table that God has prepared for you, you're tired of him monopolizing your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual walk with Christ, if that's you today and you say, I am sick and tired of the enemy, would you just come forward today? We're going to pray with you and believe for God to bring new victory and breathe new life into your soul and new strength into your mind today. Come on, even as families today, I want to encourage you as a family to bring your family forward and declare today that as for me and my house, we're going to worship the Lord. As for me and my house, the enemy doesn't have a seat at our table. He's not welcome at our table. Come on, if that's you today.